Please be seated for our reading. Our reading today comes from the letter known as 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, often referred to as the resurrection chapter, verses 20 to 23. And St. Paul writes by inspiration, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. <clears throat> but each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are Christ's at his coming. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. 
Years ago, when I was in seminary here on campus, there was a guest speaker that came from Eastern Michigan University. He was the head of the um, history department at Eastern Michigan University and uh, kind of a world-known scholar, a well-known scholar. His specialty was first century history, especially in the Holy Land. First century history and documentation, historical things from back then. And I remember he made this very bold statement in one of his talks here at the college. He said, if you are a true student of history, apart from the Bible, even if you are a Muslim or a Hindu or an atheist or somebody who's not a Christian at all, you must acknowledge from historical facts that there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth, the child of Joseph and Mary, reported to have performed many miracles, followed by numerous disciples. You must acknowledge that he was crucified under the Roman governor Pontius Pilate, and you must acknowledge that his grave was empty three days later. He said, whether you believe in Christ or not, if you're going to be true to the facts of history that are recorded elsewhere outside of the Bible, he said, you must acknowledge at least those facts. This shows us something that the life of Christ is not some mythical, theoretical thing. This took place in real time and in real history, and it has tremendously real significance for us as well. And the reason it matters so much for us is because of what Paul is talking about in the second portion of our text. Death is just part of our family trees. Death is in your family tree. Probably at least your great-grandparents have already died, at least one of them. Great-great-grandparents, it doesn't take far to go back, and we see that this is something that gets traced all the way back to Adam, our first parent. When he and his wife pushed God away and rebelled against God, this brought sin and death into the world. I often wonder what it was like for them to find the first dead animal after they had been so alive with creation, and then to find their dead son. What was it like to, to suddenly have this reality of the fall into sin hit them? And I remember one of my SEM profs used to say, from that point on, if you look at Genesis chapter 4, Genesis 5, I guess it is, the drumbeat of death, he called it. So-and-so lived so many years, and he died. So-and-so lived so many years, and he died. And he died. And he died. And that drumbeat just comes right down to us today. It's still in our obituary pages. It's right in our family trees and histories, that drumbeat of death. And that, that evil and sin that infested humanity and got into the spiritual DNA, if you will, of humanity has reached you and me. And so death is now a reality in our life. You know, a tree can look very healthy on the outside. Uh, its bark can look nice and good, but if you pull back the bark, sometimes you can see that it's a dead tree and there's nothing but bugs in it, and you can see that the wood is rotting away. That's really how it is with us in this world. We, we can feel so alive, and on the surface we feel like we have such a life in us, and yet in reality we're all just waiting for the day we're gonna die. Every single person in this room 
is facing that reality in our future, whether we care to look at it or not. And it's possible that even right now, inside of some of us in this room, the very thing that will kill us is already at work, and we're not even aware of it. So this is the, this is the, the problem of death that all of us must deal with. But Paul is pointing out to us that our gracious and loving and forgiving God has put another tree into the world besides the family tree that you and I are connected to. He's put another tree in the world, and that is the living tree of his son, Jesus Christ. And in the same way that Adam was a real person and we're part of his real deadly family tree, so Christ is also a real, true human being, and yet at the same time, true God. And he is living and alive and always will be alive. And that's why his conception into the world had to be done in a miraculous way that circumvented our family tree so that God could plant this holy, precious, heavenly, life-giving tree into the world, and that is his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. People who work with fruit trees are well aware of a, a process known as grafting. Grafting is when you take a piece from another tree and and attach it and cause the fibers of it to grow into a previous living tree. And you and I, by faith in Christ, that the Holy Spirit has given to us in our baptism and through God's word, God has now grafted us into this living tree of Christ. He has plucked us off of the dead tree of Adam and has now, by faith, grafted you and me into Christ so that the life-giving sap that's in Christ now comes to us and reaches us. Someone who owns a vineyard of, or an orchard, let's say, they can tell in the springtime when, when their trees are alive and when a tree is not dead by looking for the first piece of fruit that starts to grow on that tree. And that gives a joyous indication to the owner that the trees are gonna be producing their fruit. But that first one, that first apple, that first pear, that first orange that they see is an indication that there's life in that tree. You and I have been blessed by God through the words of scripture to look at the resurrection of our savior that happened in real time and real history. We have been allowed by God to see that and understand it and realize that this is an indication for you. This means that the fruit on the tree of Christ is going to be likewise coming to life. And so this changes our whole perspective on our grave. It changes your whole perspective on what might be going on inside of your body that will take your life someday. It gives us tremendous hope to realize that we will be following in the same pattern of our Savior. He is the first fruits, and we are the fruits that will follow in his resurrection. What a glorious thing we have in Christ. As Paul says, in Christ, all shall be made alive. Thanks be to God for this grafting that you and I have by faith in him. Amen. We continue with our hymn.
Heavenly Father, you delivered your Son for our offenses and raised him to life for our justification. We beseech you, grant us your Holy Spirit, that he may rule and govern us according to your will. Graciously keep us in the true faith, defend us from all sins, and after this life, raise us to eternal life. Through the same, your beloved Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and Be with you all.